0: The other side of midnight. 77 WX. Local spotlight. Good morning everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm Frank Moreno. Did you see Sunday's New York Post? The front page will come as no surprise to anyone that has spent some time talking with a recent New York City high school or college graduate. Nearly half of all New York City public school graduates who head to local community college according to the New York Post, are forced into remedial classes to survive their first semester. This, according to data obtained and printed in the Post, amidst chronic absenteeism, widespread grade inflation, and a failure to prepare students for higher education, city school kids are being shoved through an educational revolving door without truly learning. Muhammad alum, assistant dean of enrollment at Borough of Manhattan Community College, said, quote, most of the kids we get from New York City schools are underprepared for college. This, to me, is plainly evident with any recent New York City, not any, but many recent New York City high school graduates that I've spoken to. In fall of 2022, across the CUNY system, all seven of New York City's community college, 5,046 former Department of Education students, that's New York City public schools, were enrolled in a remedial math course, while 4,250 of them had to take remedial English. 47% of all new DOE high school graduates. Now, I'm sure some of this was exacerbated by the pandemic, but the fundamental problem is much broader than just a temporary issue that came about as a result of the pandemic. There is something wrong with what's going on in New York City public schools. I don't care what the test scores say. I don't care what the graduation rates say. The kids graduating New York City high schools are not prepared for college and we need to do something about it now i'm all for having a discussion about what the something is but what we're doing isn't working beam me up to be continued the other side of midnight 77 local spotlight Good morning, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm Frank Morano. I know we have a very charitable audience, and sometimes it can be difficult to be generous with money because, let's face it, when it comes to inflation and everything else, it's tough to make ends meet and you may not have a lot of money to spare. Sometimes it can even be tough to be generous with your time because people are working, people are taking care of personal items, raising kids, helping with grandchildren, whatever the case may be. People are busy. There is something that everybody can do that is very easy and has an incredibly beneficial effect on the recipients of your charity. And that's Give Blood. And I wanted to make you aware of a blood drive that I'm going to be participating in on Saturday. That's this coming Saturday, March 4th. They call it the Chapura Blood Drive because it's in honor of firefighter John Chapura, and it's a blood drive to honor the New Yorkers lost in the September 11th attacks. And it's going to be this coming Saturday from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. at our Lady of Christians on Staten Island. That's in the Tottenville section of the south shore of Staten Island. And very important to my family, in conjunction with the blood drive, they're going to be doing a Be the Match event to search for a bone marrow donor for Johnny Dilgen who is a friend of mine and a friend of my family and he's in need of a bone marrow transplant and uh, the test to see if you're a match for a bone marrow transplant is very easy it's just a swab of your inner cheek it takes 20 seconds and it's completely painless and they say young bone marrow is the best so I'm going to be going down there I'm going to get swabbed and I'm going to give blood and I would love to see a bunch of our listeners down there as well it's going to be at our Lady Help of Christians Church in Tottenville and Staten Island from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. You don't even need to pre-register. You can just go and show up and they'll take you whenever you get there. It's a great event. I'm going to be there. My whole family's going to be there. I look forward to seeing you there as well. Beam me up. To be continued. The Other Side at Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Last week, I told you about how the city was selling a whole bunch of COVID gear for pennies on the dollar. Well, the city is noting that uh, they're not selling everything for pennies on the dollar. Some of it, they're just tossing out. They're just discarding, throwing away. That's right. The city agency that sold off millions of COVID response items for bargain basement prices has slated for destruction $27.7 million worth of pandemic purchased hand sanitizers and test supplies that have expired. This, once again, according to the publication. The city. The Department of Citywide Administration Services, DCAS, has also put up for auction another $35 million purchased in isolation gowns and face shields at a potentially tremendous discount. Let's start with the $27.7 million worth of pandemic purchased sanitizer and test supplies that they're going to be destroying. Can't they give this away? Can't they give this away to hospitals? Can't they give this away to prisons? Can't they give this away to schools? Can't they give this away to the public, to anybody that wants it? To me, this is absolutely preposterous. We are literally throwing money down the drain. And the fact that DCAS is doing this tells you how good the city government has gotten at just wasting money, just literally throwing it away. I understand the need to have to auction some of this stuff off at bargain basement prices because if there's a surplus, they have nowhere to store this stuff. Sometimes it's got to go. But still, to just throw it away or have it destroyed, this defies all logic. I am hoping, now that this story is getting some attention from me talking about it and from the city covering it, maybe the city will be shamed, the city government, not the publication the city. Hopefully, the city government will be shamed into doing something more productive with this stuff than just throwing it away beam me up to be continued the other side at midnight local local spotlight Well, the Adams administration did something good on Friday in that they assembled a safety panel. They assembled a panel to discuss public safety. And the guy, appropriately, who was heading this particular panel discussion on Friday was the deputy mayor for public safety, Phil Banks. He gathered several commissioners together for a panel, an indication both that the Adams administration has a sincere desire to project progress to New Yorkers and of Banks' rising station within the administration. Remember, not only is he the deputy mayor, his brother is the school's chancellor, and Banks said the overall goal is to actually let the public know exactly what we're doing and to solicit as much feedback as we possibly can. The police commissioner spoke. She said a lot of great things. But there was a question from a reporter that I thought was very fair. And some of you may have heard Curtis would play this over the weekend. I think this question was totally appropriate. And the fact that the deputy mayor handled this question the way that he did was very telling. Listen to this. Uh, hi, deputy mayor. Thanks for hosting this. Um, I was wondering if you could just explain a little bit, um, talk about your role in the administration, uh, sort of. You know why are you the best person to host briefings like this? And if you could talk a little bit about how your role differs from uh, the police commissioner, thanks. Uh, that's not a question. Uh, you know what? I always people say, "Can I ask a question?" I would say, "You ask a question doesn't mean I'm going to answer it." For one, is not on topic. Too, um, I'm not. You know, with all due respect, I'm not trying to be disruptive. I won't answer that particular question. I'm in this. I'm in this role because the person who was elected mayor has the authority to appoint a deputy mayor of public safety, and he believed that I should be the person in this particular role, and that's why I'm at that role. End of story. Bottom line. You want to talk about hubris? You want to talk about not answering the question? That's ridiculous. We've never had a deputy mayor for public safety before. Is it okay for a reporter to ask what that person actually does and how his role is different from the police commissioner? You bet it is. And shame on Philip Banks for treating this question as if somehow it was out of bounds. I still want an answer to this question. What do you do? And what does the police commissioner do? Who's in charge? Beam me up! To be continued. Ohio. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go.